Welcome back to the School of Calisthenics Playground Session podcast with Tim and Jacko. And this week, Tim, you know what number it is? Which number podcast? 70. Don't know, because what what happens with the podcast? Well, you, know, you know that last, last week was 75 with Alex Nino, our friend, remember? <laughs> so that we, would mean this week is... 76... But not Correct. necessarily because I don't know when you're going to put and it now out. I'm being I'm being unfair because I've we, got the schedule in front of me. And <laughs> it's not the week that you know what I mean. We we don't necessarily record these in the order that they go out. So I am literally none the wise. Jacko gives me mic and says, "Start speaking." <laughs> the man Jacko has got it under control. But you know, you know, but we have discussed what we're going to do. So today's podcast is a Q and A from answering your questions, which we've. Uh, We've done a few more recently where we've been sharing stories of our own, of, of people within the community and some of the graduates, um, as well as having some amazing guests on like Cy Monster and Alex himself last week. Um, and today's, we're going to focus on two main topics of movement and strength, those two main pillars of the School of framework. And to be successful at Calisthenics, Tim, you need to be able to move well and be strong. It's Am I right? A, it is an important part of calisthenics. And on that note, Jacko, today's podcast is sponsored by Ohm, who are their philosophy and everything they're about is born out of yoga, but they make some amazing clothing, which is designed for to move in and to get sweaty in. Yeah, it's really interesting. They use um, recycled fabrics wherever possible to, to have a minimal impact on the environment. And they're passionate about yoga and, and getting men uh, moving better and exploring what their bodies can do. And so it was, uh, we jumped at the chance to... Uh, collaborate with them on this on this podcast and i've done a little bit of yogaing tell me more myself timbo you, well, you know i'm a, i'm a, i'm one of those guys that's stiff from my previous the, bo- the my body tells the life um of of what i've done in my past as we sort of said before something along those lines and um i'm a stiff and uh y- yogaing as we like to call it has uh, has definitely been something that has helped um with my sort of movement preparation side of things and um it, it, yoga fits really nicely in the if our two main pillars of our framework are movement and strength yoga really sits in that moving well uh, and movement part of the framework Absolutely. And I think one of the things I really like about Ohm's philosophy is that obviously with yoga, big on the mindfulness, but yeah. like spreading that into mental health. And it's something we've talked a lot about before about actually handstand training, for example, and calisthenics, it sort of gets you out of your head, gets you out of the day-to-day sort of busy lifestyles. And, and you have to focus on movement when you're doing calisthenics. And, and Ohm coming from that yoga perspective, very much central to part of that. And I definitely like it when brands have got a little bit more to what their messaging is and what their the positive um, influence that they're trying to spread out and project about helping guys to not even move well, feel good when they train, but also like, okay, there's a bigger picture to this. It's not just about wearing a nice t-shirt. And uh, you're you're actually wearing one of their t- nice t-shirts right now, aren't you? And feeling great. We went out and trained this morning and I'm wearing the t-shirt to training. I'm now very comfortable sat in it. I really, I genuinely very much enjoy wearing the t-shirts well you can uh, they've been very kind enough to offer a discount for our um, listeners if you are wanting to sample uh, and have a, have a see what these the kit is about and that you can get 15% off with the discount code SOC15 so standing for school of it's SOC15 and the link to uh, for their shop is in the show notes so question master are you ready for this week's podcast? Am I ready? I am born ready, Timbo. Let's get into these questions now. Run the jingle. 
So movement and strength is the main topic. We had a number of uh, questions in. So thank you for everyone that um, has done. Um, there's been less so use of the algorithm to get on these days. So let's maybe encourage that. bring that back. We've not been feeding it so much for the comments, but everyone's always nice. So anyway, let's start with, with we're going to start with movement. And this one comes on Instagram from Kayatar, K-I-I-A-T-A-R. Um, and she is um, been starting bouldering. Great fun. Yes, which is good fun, exactly, and requires a lot of movement and strength. And actually, with bouldering, I'm the guy that likes to see if I can do it without using my legs because I like the strength side of it. But I was going to say, you are more of a strength-style boulderer, but that would only take you so far. That was kind of it. I was going to say I'm more of an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I was gonna, what I was going to say was that if you the better you move and the better your technique, which a lot of it comes down to your ability to have good range of motion at like your hips and things to stay close to the wall as an example. I won't pretend I know anything about bouldering, well, but I you then don't need to be as strong. Yes, and if you watch elite level bouldering, which is actually going to feature in the Olympics this time around, there's a, there's a climbing mm. discipline and bouldering is one of them. If you watch some of the best boulderers, unbelievable yeah. what they can do. They're so cool. Can move. Yeah, absolute movement and strength in symphony. Um, we've half answered the question uh, the question so she just started bouldering or climbing um, or she said boulder climbing I'm paraphrasing that as bouldering I think English might not be the first language um, and uh, any experience or advice on combining it with calisthenics smiley face which um, great question I actually replied to her um, and said great question and gave her a very quick answer just on a DM and said that we would answer this in the podcast because uh, there's a little bit of depth i think to this um i'll let you i'll let you jump in um after just sort of teeing up some of the things that i thought about or spoke to her on the on the dm was around we've used it with some of the athletes before some swimmers and things and how it can combining it with being um they can complement each other is is what my train of thought was initially that the the grip the strength that's um, required for the sort of pulling in terms of the shoulders and then you've got the whole movement aspect of being able to to reach, to be able to keep hips close to the wall, all, all of that, and that they're going to complement each other nicely. Um, it's fun, it's problem solving. You don't do three sets of 10 climbs or whatever, um, which I think is great for people to get out of the mindset of, I need to do this many sets and this many reps of something like, why can't training be an hour of just fun? And actually after you've done 20 minutes of bouldering, you're absolutely, well, I'm absolutely knackered anyway. Um, and then the, just the, the flip side of it was just my only warning to her was that if you think that you're going to go and do, say if you're training for muscle-ups or you're doing some pull-ups, you, you've got some weighted pull-ups, you've got some sort of vertical and horizontal pulling in your program on say a Monday at the gym, and then you're going to go and smash your bouldering on a Tuesday, you probably want to think about spreading those two things out a little bit because they are so similar in terms of the movement patterns that you're going through. Well, I don't know where to go, Jack. That was oh, very yeah, comprehensive. Well, that, I, that's what I said to her on a DM. Yeah. That was my DM message <laughs> answer. 
in depth. Yeah. It's a good job there's no character limits anymore. Well, I know it was video. It was like it was about 25, 15 second videos. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait till Instagram let you. You know, on stories now, if you hold down, yes. it will keep going. But on a DM, a video can only be 15, and you have to keep doing those videos. But anyway, bouldering. We had a nice chat. So I've done, uh, I, I kind of go in fits and starts with bouldering. It was something when I was doing quite a lot of travel for, uh, from a business perspective, looking after the, the Paralympic swimming team. I was spending a lot of time in Manchester, and something that I used to do in the evenings was go to the depot bouldering center that they've got there and I love it the problem solving nature of bouldering the strength component the movement component is right on point for me um, and what I, just from observation of being in there there's a lot of people who obviously prioritize bouldering but they'll often have and, and Manchester is the same in Nottingham they've got bars they've got some rings set up yeah. and there's a lot of people finishing a bouldering session and then going to try and do muscle ups or they're working on a basic strength component whether that be from obviously as, as a technical side of bouldering people use fingerboards and it's focused on very much grip mm. and um, sort of like that difficult strength of hanging on your fingertips but they'll also have a couple of scaffolding poles and people doing doing pull ups the one in Manchester they've got um, lad like a wall ladder yeah so you can do flags yeah. I was the only one doing flags when I was in there, but guilty. Off the top of the bouldering thing as well. <laughs> oh, yeah. um, and I think that, that that's probably where it, where does it complement like 100%. You've got opportunities within calisthenics to build some of the raw strength. As you get better at bouldering, it becomes less about strength in terms of brute force and more about intricate strength and precision and movement. And you have to end up becoming very strong in uncomfortable positions that we're not used to. So I can boulder fairly well to a point where I can just rely on some strength but as soon as it gets technical into finger grip strength it becomes much more specific so calisthenics in terms of just building a general capacity to be able to be strong I think has got a really good crossover but as you get more technical with your bouldering you're going to find that you're going to get better at bouldering by doing more bouldering um but doing some work on the walls finishing off your session with some basic strength work and if you want to go down down the route of um more specific in terms of your calisthenics like oh is human flag training going to improve your bouldering I'm not exactly sure like it might do in terms of general capacity but it depends on how much time you want to spend on it and what you find is that people that are good at climbing generally have very good strength strength to weight ratio and they become very efficient one of the things I really think where bouldering and calisthenics can come together is end range and outer range strength. Yeah, if we're in sure. normal weight training and we're going to go, right, I'm going to go and do more lap pull down to help my boulder in. Well, it's a movement pattern, which is pretty much fixed. It doesn't vary. And when you're in bouldering environment, can you sort of reach outer range strength, overhead positions, whilst you've got your your heel up at like in a high position and you're putting some force down through your hamstring to give you that platform to be able to reach the next handhold. And, and that's what I think is really good about the bouldering component is challenging you in positions which are at the end of where you're comfortable. And as you get better at those, those areas become more comfortable. You become more robust reaching and moving in outer ranges rather than just a set groove of a normal pattern of squats and bench press and, and that sort of stuff. And there is those those two kind of areas where you're going to find that in calisthenics, but then to an extreme level more so in bouldering and climbing. I think one of the one of the things that you said there about those outer ranges strength and reaching and trying to grab something, there's the that you don't get in other forms of training. You don't necessarily get in calisthenics. Well, you might do a little bit, but generally the fact that there's there's this thing to reach for. There's an external thing that you're trying to cre get to. So your brain is not like, you're not going there trying to improve your reach, your overhead shoulder flexion. It's not a mobility exercise or you're doing uh, uh, some self-fire myofascial release to get you into that shape. You're literally 
just giving your brain the job of like, I've got to try and reach that thing. And there's really, there's definitely some benefits in terms of like external cueing like that to try and improve those outer ranges, whether it be uh, strength or, or just actual uh, flexibility range to get there. And the nice thing is that you're going to, when you get there, if you're going to stay on the wall, you've got to be strong there. So you're getting that mobility, stability, strength continuum all the way through um, as a blend across the the session that you're going to do rather than it being segmented out and sort of regimented. And I think that's the other thing that I really like about it. And it's something if I had more time, I'd I'd do it, which just... I'd, there's loads of stuff I'd like to do. I'd also like to do break dancing and backflips at the gymnastics centre. Yeah, I'd 100% bolder more have had more time. And yeah. the interesting thing that I've seen in, in, in a couple of different centres that I've been to is that yoga's actually now become a big part of it. And we were talking about this combination of movement and strength and, and seeing bouldering centres offering yoga classes because climbers recognise that to be able to get into better or more efficient positions, more challenging positions, they've got to be able to move well. Yeah. You need to be able to move your hips and your feet into, into more extreme shapes. And when we've been sat at desks all day working sat in cars for long periods of time those things we can lose if we're not sort of on top of them so again a, a really nice confusion of that movement and strength and bringing it into a place where it's a it's a sort of a real world application of actually you want to climb um, yeah doing pull-ups to, for pull-ups is great and we enjoy that but I think bouldering is an, is an is an output of that, an example of someone who who someone who's great at bouldering is strong and they can move well. And, and I think the combination of strength training, yoga, delivered through climbing, and it's great fun, like really yeah. good fun, especially think, if you like if you're competitive against yourself. And you talk you've talked a lot before about or use the phrase that springs to mind when you're talking then to me was uh, when you've said being about being strong in the world, and that you'd like okay, in bouldering a bouldering center, it's a it's a man made wall but if you're good at that then you are actually strong in the world with some survival technique you know, the same way that we should learn like we think like kids should learn to swim because we don't want to drown um you know why shouldn't we be actually teaching kids um to climb properly and encouraging them to safely you know climb trees and and whatnot i think that, that my last final thought on it is uh that i love the variation that you get by just trying to go up a certain route on a climbing wall in terms of your uh grip your hand position um rather than in a in a in a pulling session in the gym where you do it you might be doing muscle-ups you could be doing it on rings you could be doing it on the bar you're going to get some variation but nine times out of ten i grab the bar with the same width grip pronated and i'm working on something quite specific and I, don't, and I want a specific adaptation but i feel that i know that i could do a lot of different things but you still have to be almost you have to force yourself or be a little bit regimented to actually create some variance on hand position grip grip width and, and whatnot on a bar in a gym whereas when you go climbing as long as you keep going up different routes you're constantly putting your arms and pulling in different positions so it just happens automatically yeah and also just climbers and climbing centers are very mindful places it is a great place to go and get out of your own head which we touched on just right at the beginning that actually thinking about things and taking your mind away from what you've got going on and climbing and solving that movement problem yeah it's a great place to go and relax if you relax by being active Good question. Hope that helps clear it up. Clear as mud, I think, a little bit on that one because as we've talked a lot about the potential benefits of it. How they come together and how does calisthenics benefit bouldering and vice versa? It all depends on what your specific objectives are. But yes, 100% work towards those things and, and bring them together and I'm sure you're going to find a benefit both ways. 
we'd like to interrupt this broadcast today to bring you a customer service announcement and we want to tell you how excited we are about the virtual classroom where our online community of amazing people are working together to redefine their impossible and achieve things in calisthenics that they never thought they would be able to Jacko yeah if you've not thought about it yet you should really consider uh, becoming a member of the virtual classroom you become part of that supportive community and you then get access to absolutely every single training program we've got every workout we do every challenge every webinar and there is specific courses in there for everything from beginners to to handstands and human flags and everything in between you get access to all of it you get to learn at your own pace online with us within the supportive community of people encouraging each other to redefine their impossible guys it's really something special we would love it if you come and check it out and until you do check it out and we see you in there let's get back to our regularly scheduled program so the second question actually one you've got, you've pulled out. I have a question that came through from Instagram from ASL.fitness and I thought it was worth touching on because it's cropped up a couple of times with people asking something fairly similar. It's an interesting one because it goes a level below where a lot of people will tend to have the conversation around how do you do more work? So the question is that he's stuck with his muscle-ups. Depending on the day, he can max at four to six reps uh, and he's been stuck there for a while. Um, any tips on really breaking through that? That, that kind of barrier that he's at um, and he also kind of mentions this is the second part of the question is that he does some com- competitions in reps and sets and you can do 23 pull-ups 35 dips 70 push-ups there's a lot of, of volume in the program and is able to do quite a lot but looking to increase those and I thought that whether we're talking about muscle-up endurance or pull-up endurance all kind of comes under the same yeah. kind of we're, conversation and we're going to get stuck into now we talked about movement we're going to get stuck into strength and there was it, it uh, a question from uh, Reese the Jack, who's in the from Instagram also, who's who's in the virtual classroom, is, is asking about um, getting through uh, plateaus and trying to changing training stimulus to try and get through that. But he's, he feels like he's doing something wrong, and I think uh, you're gonna you're gonna get a two for one when we're talking now about how do we actually increase the number of reps and sets of things um, or changing training stimulus from a strength perspective to try and um, improve. Uh, whether it is our endurance or our maximum strength, the two are going to, you're going to see how the two link together when you dissect this topic, Timbo. Yeah. And I think it's about taking a bit more of a strategic approach to it. The, the easy answer that you'll often see bounced around is if you want to do more pull ups, do more pull ups. And like, right, okay, yeah, there is, a, there is a certain amount of that that doing more will give you more because you get what you train for. But I would take a, a bit more of a strategic look at it and go, right, let's take it from a sports performance perspective. If I was looking to try and get a an athlete to be able to run further or I would looking for somebody to be able to pull harder, rowing or canoeing or something like that, I'm not just going to literally go, let's just do more and more and more. There's going to be a point where we have to go, what are the components that are going to make up increased endurance and performance? So let's take, for example, posture. So if my posture is poor um, and I've got some potential tightness, if you're doing a lot of pull-ups, a lot of of dips um, and push-ups, it's possible that the shoulder position is taking a bit of a hammer in. If we are then tight around around a particular joint, so let's take the shoulder, for example, pecs and lats are are tight, that means I'm potentially getting some inhibition of my stabilizers, which means that my rotator cuff, mid-load traps, rhomboids aren't stabilizing the shoulder um, as effectively because they're just not able to activate due to the overactivity or the tightness that we find in the major muscle 
What that means is that the, the muscles who have a stabilizing endurance type function, which are predominantly type one muscle fibers, are these muscles which are smaller, closer to the joint. Their job is stability. If those muscles are upgraded and improved, and I improve that by doing higher volumes, more time under tension, but it's not going to necessarily be done through pull-ups because they're automatically just going to load lats predominantly, um, the big prime movers type more predominantly type two muscle fibers, it may be that what my strategic approach would be is just to do a lot more shoulder stability work, which would then help carry into more strength gains. And the lat could be, I might not do anything to strengthen the lat, but if I improve the, st- the shoulder stability and the, the ability to maintain good postural control for longer, what that does is it frees the lats up to do more of what they're supposed to do. Because as soon as those stabilizers fail, what happens is the lat goes, right, shoulder's now not stable. I've got a job of pulling and I now need to worry about stabilizing the shoulder. So it's not free to just crack on and do what it wants to do. So one of the things from an endurance perspective for me would be going high-end reps. And I'm talking 12 to 20s. I'd be doing scaptions, YTWs. I'd be doing rotator cuff exercises, things that don't look very sexy, don't look like pull-ups, but what they're doing is upgrading the chassis. So if you want to put a bigger engine in a car, you've got to make a bigger chassis. We've got to make a better, more robust chassis. So put a Ferrari engine in a Ford Fiesta, you're going to have a problem. If you build a Ferrari chassis first, you can start sticking some proper horsepower in it. And that's where a lot of people go wrong with this is they just focus on the strength component. But actually, what's holding it together is the underlying nuts and bolts of creating a robust joint which can hold a good postural position and allow the bigger muscles to step up and do their job. Because there's things like, as you mentioned there, the lat, when he is going to try and create the stability for you when those stabilised muscles have, have, uh, have maxed out, then it's going to compromise the position of the shoulder, of the humor head, and it's going to create tightness that's pulling it into a less than optimal position. And then as well as it doing a having to spend some time doing that job and not putting all of its effort into producing the force, you're also in a less than advantageous position to actually create that force in the first place. So it's going to affect you. And, and, and the, the young chap that you has got the question from, um, I think, did you say he could do, he said he could do 27 pull-ups and just yeah, 20, something like, so yeah. a decent, like a high end number of pull-ups. And just to reiterate the point that you said, you talk about 12 to 20 reps, but not of just hammering more and more pull-ups. You're talking about, training the musculature that is going to be able to allow you to do more 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 pull-ups um, from a stability point of view rather than then you're going to put the horsepower down with those lats in your pull-ups at a at a either a later date or a, a different phase of your training program there's something that we talk around from from a sports performance training perspective of is it is it how much force I can produce or do I become more interested about how effectively I can produce force? So maybe my top end force could be a hundred kilos, for example, just use an arbitrary number. Well, if, if I'm able to sort of apply 90% of that for longer because I'm more efficient in applying it, that might actually mean where I get a big drop off from a hundred and it goes down quite quickly because I'm just falling out of good positions. I can't stabilize a joint. It might be better off that I actually increase the ability to do more work from a effectiveness perspective rather than just hammering the top end of just trying to push it up if, it, if, if I can't apply that force effectively. And I think that's the, that's the one side of things of just thinking about the quality of, 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 the, of the basic chassis. The other side of it from a muscle perspective is what are the attributes that are required? And this would come for me as a second part of a training process. So if I was going to periodize this into a, into a training block, my number one priority all the time over more than 10 years of working with athletes 
upgrade the chassis first because that's what's going to keep you injury free and it's going to provide the foundations. Because even if we started going talking about power endurance, which is a conversation I want to move to now, if you haven't got stability in the joint, you're just not going to be able to put down that much force. You're not going to be able to move explosively because the central nervous system is going to look at or get a sensor. The sensory information is going to come in and go, do you know what? This joint is stable. So there is absolutely no way that I'm going to let you go high-end explosive force because it's going to compromise the integrity of the joint and I might get injured. The central nervous system doesn't want that. So if we've got a good postural control, if we've done some work on the stability, there's a strength block in there of yes, just train more and do some more volume, whether that's sort of 10s, 12s, you're using bands, you're using higher end isometrics. Those are all tools which fit in the middle that when you do your first pull-up, they're still relevant of starting to improve your pull-up volume. So rather than doing isometrics or eccentrics at body weight, are we doing eccentrics with 20 kilos on to upgrade the strength and the high, get some hypertrophy around that component? That's a middle section. If we move in towards muscle-ups, what is the components of a muscle-up? Well, it's a power-based movement, so we need force and velocity. So if, you're, if you can put down force and, and, or power for four reps, how do we then break that down and go, well, what, how do I stay stronger for longer or powerful for longer? And those are going, well, if I can produce more maximal force, which is one part of that, that force-velocity um, component or equation. If I just get, if my pull-ups go from, let's say, 10 kilos weighted, and I can do 20 kilos weighted, the relative cost of doing a muscle-up is less because it's costing me less to be able to produce the same amount of, of effort. So therefore, I'll be able to get some endurance benefits because I'm not emptying the tank on four reps. I've actually got some more capacity to be able to go for longer. And the speed side of things is, can I do rather than four high pulls explosively, have I got the capacity to put 12 high pulls around consistently hitting the same height? Because if my power endurance drops off and actually when I, by the time I get to four or five reps on that high explosive pull, I'm no longer getting my rib cage to the, to the bar. I'm trying to move as fast as I can, but I'm only just getting my sort of, just past my chin or into my mid, mid neck. That's going to make that, that transition really difficult. So, I think in a, in a nutshell, and Jack, I can jump in and give the final thoughts on this one, but it's understanding what are the components that go towards a human movement um, execution like a muscle-up or increase in volume. And it's, it's way more complicated or complex, I should say, than just go in, do more pull-ups. There are way more intelligent ways of integrating and improving the human movement system to get better performance than just saying, I'm going to do more reps of a muscle up and I can't do six and sometimes I can do seven, take a step back, look at those components, joint stability, and then train power endurance. There's some pro you, what you've done really nicely there is, is give some sort of ideas around how do I look outside the box for problem solving this issue? So I've got this issue that I can't do as many as I, as I want to. And I think he said he takes part in, because I always ask like, why? Why do, we, why do we want to be able to do more? But he take, he's doing some competitions where it's the most number of reps and sets of things that you can, or set most number of reps that you can do. Um, so there's there's a there's a goal outcome um, for him on that. And um, there's there's something that I wanted to, oh, there's the, the simplest form might be, um, going, I'm going to try and do more. So I'm going to um, do some broken sets. Or when I've done my six that I can do, I'm then just going to put a, a band on to allow me to do a few more. And then as I get tired, then I put another band, a stronger band on, so I can just finish off and do a few more and and just build up my volume like that. But that is only that's not solving or not looking at the problem as to why you're running out of gas um, and is there 
is there an issue around the quality of the movement that you're doing that you could get some some quicker wins or easier wins um, to help improve that? Um, and not only the thing I really like about that or, or your answer in that respect is that not only might somebody improve uh, the total number of uh, reps they can do to reach the goal they're after, they're also then starting to be quite conscious about how well they're moving and what's their shoulder stability and their postural control like. Uh, because one thing I did want to, I've actually will pass it over to you to just wrap it up because my other, my fine, my sort of personal uh, or final point that I wanted to, to flag up was that when we say, if I say, I, Tim, I can now do 10 of X, whatever it is, I can do 10 pull-ups. Um, you don't until you see one and see me do the 10 you don't know what that actually means in terms you know what you know in your head what a pull-up is and I know what I think my 10 pull-ups are but the quality of how am I achieving them could be drastically different and so when I go because often a question we might get is um, like doing I can do x number of pull-ups but I can't do a muscle-up yet or I can only do one or two muscle-ups I want to be able to do more like this sort of question and some of it's got to come down to the quality of the movement that you're doing which is what you've what you touched on and that if we're if we're doing 10 pull-ups and they're super high quality and rep 10 is just as high quality as rep one um that's very different to 10 ropey pull-ups only just get my chin above the bar and I've got like you know discrepancies around like my 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 thoracic in terms of lift like arching the back i've got maybe one shoulder rolling forward than the other and yeah i've got a bit of pain actually when i do them and i, I do a couple of muscles and my shoulders a bit niggly and then and then wondering why and actually we've not addressed first and foremost the quality of the movement and the quality of the work that we're doing and i think what you did nicely there was just encouraging people to actually dissect and look at their movement themselves in a little bit more detail and try to understand um more is not always more and actually the quality of doing that is actually going to get you more in the longer run but just maybe take a step back in the first place yeah. pull-ups are, are an absolute like it's a key one that we see all the time for that of, of let's call them ropey pull-ups backs all bent out of shape like i'm not actually on a rope <laughs> not looking great and then wondering why they just don't transfer into a muscle like i won't go down the rabbit hole of transfer training effect but pull-ups with a bent spine and letting the lat crank down and the back arch they're not going to transfer well into a clean efficient muscle up because we're not actually creating the body line we're not transferring force through the chain so there are all of these sort of different conversations that you need to have a look about and be honest with yourself and often you're going to find that with this kind of thing you've got to go what you're going to feel like is a movement back to go forwards it's easy to do the stuff that you're good at do more reps do the sexy exciting stuff that is like power training or scott flipping now 50 kilos around my waist i'm doing pull-ups okay there needs to still be technically on point but often what people don't want to do is 20 reps for ytw consistently over a four-week <laughs> training block. But I guarantee that will make a difference because I've seen it time and time exactly. again. And the example of, of one of the guys that Jack and I train, we did one block. He's a, he's a sprinter, uh, double leg, leg, leg amputee. But from September through till December, we did nothing but motor control, motor patterning, which basically what I mean by that is linking the system together, getting him to move more effect effectively and efficiently. We did lots of stability training. And then we came back at the beginning of the, the following year in the January and we tested his three rep max deadlift. And before the block, he'd done 200 kilos. After the block, we started in this January, we'd done the stability block, as we would call it, or the chassis upgrade, as I was, as I was mentioning before. He pulls 220. So we've gone, we've gone like 
10% mm. on a 200 kilo deadlift, which is, he's already got a big training history behind it. That's not an easy win just for the block of training. That's a massive gain from not doing max strength training. And we actually did that again this year in that he, last week, did uh, 240 for three. So another, yeah, which is... It's a massive game, yeah. but not from worrying about constantly pulling heavy, heavy, heavy. Yeah. Go back, upgrade the chassis, and then come back to it. It Take still surprises me. Sometimes, like, as in you go like, crikey. It works. I wasn't expecting yeah. it to be, like I knew it, like as I've seen you do it with him, I've, uh, I've, I've understood it and seen some improvements like in the previous year. This year, I wasn't, I was expecting that strength to come a little bit later. Mm. I'm sat there now going, crikey, what are we just going to, what are we going to do now? It's like, it's only April and it's a long season this year. There's not too. We recognize athletes find it hard. I find it hard from a training perspective. It's not, it isn't the glamorous stuff, but if you want to make a difference, sometimes you've got to do stuff that you don't want to do. Yeah. And that the, your, to lift heavy or to uh, be, to increase maximal strength. The example there is that you don't, yes, like, specific adaptations or pose demands around like you're going to have to do some like maximal work but setting a foundation and a stronger chassis and better movement quality and better control is going to have a massive effect on that then more maximal strength training that you do afterwards i think that's the main overriding theme that i'm taking out of that yeah you're only as strong as your weakest link and if you might if that's your underlying stability around the joint that's what's going to stop you yeah. And you're going to have to do it. And if you want to move forward, you've got to do something about it. That's the reality of training. And sometimes, as I say, it's not glamorous. So I, what I want to hopefully just make sure that people take from that, whether it might be that you're not working on a muscle up in the example, but that it's just encouraged you to just, just question and just think, um, what's my weakest link? Well, for you, yours what's is my, your core. That's what you've spent yeah. your whole core project or core upgrade has been yeah. focused on. That's probably the moment at the level you're at, that's your weakest link. Yeah. So you've got to do something about it, which you've dedicated some time to. Yeah, yeah. and I think if people, I hope that people are encouraged to find those, find those weak links for themselves and yeah, and then, and then program and do something about it. Like, um, and it doesn't even matter, like just try, just see what it's like. Try changing something. If you're not getting the, improvements in the progress that you want you need to do something you need to change something otherwise you know you always get what you always got so so like have a have a hypothesis have a um idea okay i think the issue might be my shoulder posture then do something yeah. about it see if it makes an improvement and don't be disheartened if first time you don't get it right that actually a lot of the time your best learning and your best improvements over a longer period not in the short period but over the longer period will come through you trying out ideas and things um for yourself and the more you can do that and problem solve for yourself the more specific you're going to be um and the more you're going to learn about training and training specific to you and in, in your body. And I think that then that's, that's something of real value. That's something that you can take with you and understand and apply into other areas of, of your training and things that you're trying to work on as well. And we all have them. Don't feel like it's not, I'm working mine is pulling strength, basic foundation. So I'm in a block of just getting pulling stronger. It's, because stability for me is pretty good it's all relative you're pretty good at muscle ups <laughs> <laughs> yeah but like endurance wise I'm not like and, and there's other things I'm working on anyway yeah. the, the point is that we're all going to have them and, as you, and the, one of the things about calisthenics is, is you're going to move through and progress forward as things get harder so each time you're going to go well I'm going to do that harder thing what is my limiting factor and there's always going to be something that's just human movement and training next question please we got a third one today or is that it are we all in um, 
It depends. Ooh. On? <laughs> There's potentially a couple of quickfire questions. Let's do them. Run. You want to do them? Yeah. yeah. I was going to... I was... We were going to, and then as we were doing this, I was just really enjoying listening to you, and, and, I, and I started <laughs> to think that, well, we covered, we said we were going to cover movement and strength, and we had a, we covered uh, movement at the first and strength, and then and I thought, well, that might, maybe we just cap it at that, but... Give me some quick fires. You want to, okay. Yeah, just a couple. Um, how much do you train each week? Depends. Next one. GK Lennox. Um, yeah, it really depends on what I've got on. I would like to train four to five days a week and that would be now because we're coming into summertime a combination of a trail run some stuff in the gym but this week for example we have filmed today we've got a workshop on Saturday I was away with the swimming guys on Wednesday in Manchester Tuesday was busy so so far this week it's now Thursday and I've trained once and I probably won't train tomorrow because I want to be able to go and show off at the workshop on Saturday <laughs> demonstrate <laughs> sorry I meant demonstrate um <laughs> I would just, I, from my own perspective, um, I will try to do a run once a week. I will try and make sure I Crikey, have some, don't we know it? Oh, I'll try it. No apart run. It's once a week. Anyway, um, you, sh- you need to get, you need to do part, you need to be the guy with the, with the dog and, and the, baby. the baby. And I've seen him run past me before. Yeah. <laughs> Epic. I should have done it earlier because Cute Jackie's dogs. getting bigger. So like the weight is getting harder. harder. I should well, have started you, off. You could have had a progressive overlay as he got bigger, couldn't yeah, you? Yeah, well, I've missed the opportunity now. Um I would I would I don't try and necessarily focus on a number of sessions. It's more just the things that I like might to try and make sure I have in. Some th- some some pulling work to me- for those uh exercises that I'm trying to improve on. So my front lever, my muscle ups. Uh, vertical and horizontal for those two some pushing strength which actually at the moment really is just based on handstand push-ups so my pushing strength is more vertical than anything else and i don't mind having that two to one ratio on um pulling to to pushing um i make sure my core work is done throughout those uh, as part of those sessions and then i'll have some uh, lower body um uh, work in there which is more based on sort of movement flexibility and stability at the moment and um just try and blend that through the week as it goes uh, which might end up like uh four sessions but trying to make sure that my biggest thing is making sure that i have some rest days so that i have a session off in the middle of the week and have a session off or a day off in the middle of the week and a day off at the weekend at least one more you oh, that was well. You can go quick fire. How long have you guys been doing calisthenics? That's from AK Shea eight twenty. Five years. There you go. That's easy. Is rep ranges a real thing? Yes. There are many that you can use, and it all relies and comes down to um, what specific adaptation do you want. If you want to get good at lifting heavy weights, you're going to use lower reps. If you want to get good at lifting a lot of repetitions or a lot of movements, so we go back to the muscle-up question or a pull-up, you want to do 20 pull-ups, you need to use rep ranges, which are going to train the body to those kind of um, adaptations. The, the body will respond to the stress that you place upon it, and the rep ranges are going to help us to create more specific adaptation. And just so, just dead quickly to give him some context on that then, so one to five is? 
more maximal strength type work. So you're going to use higher percentage repetition max. So the whole thing which governs it really is this percentage RM. And, and again, to a certain level of rest periods and tempos, they all kind of play a part. But if you're going to go um, a heavier load, so you're going to lift the most amount of weight that you can lift for one repetition, that's going to give you a maximal strength adaptation. And that's going to continue as you work through between one to five repetitions at that limit. But you have to be pushing towards making that difficult. Yeah. And there are some people that say train below that and don't go to fatigue. Okay, the, the principles are that though, if we're going to start to push towards a maximum strength adaptation, we need to be like working at these higher percentage repetition maxes because otherwise the brain and the body don't get better at producing high amounts of force from lifting low amounts of force. Um, perfect. I was trying to do a quick fire one for him. So I'm going to let you have one. So one to five max strength. Then above that, six to 12, one word. Hypertrophy largely six to ten and then twelve upwards you're pushing into endurance there you go so broadly speaking and there's some power variables yeah. within that um, but yeah go and grab a basic textbook around strength training you're going to find those variables laid out for you yep um, actually we covered that in one of our webinars in the virtual classroom so if you're part of that you can go and have a little look at that we'll, but we have a complete overview of variables and how they fit together um, what do I do to start calisthenics join the virtual classroom there's a whole beginner's classroom in there or you've got loads of content that we provided on YouTube. Um, follow a number of different uh, listen Instagram, to listen to podcasts. We've got plenty of free stuff which will get you started and if you want to go and check out. We actually get a seven-day free trial of the virtual classroom. So if you jump in there, we've got a full beginner's course in there which takes you through the foundations of horizontal, vertical pushing and pulling, how cool. to do your first pull-up, how to have a just some fun with your training and then if you want to move into more specific stuff like handstands and human flags and muscle-ups, that's all in there as well. And you can check it out for free for seven days. So there's absolutely, virtually no excuse. And as a member, you get access to everything that's in there, not just the one course. Yep. So you're all set up. Uh, then the final one, uh, Miguel uh, V. De Sheet. <laughs> Classic. Um, <laughs> I think this, was, this is potentially for me. Right. Does calisthenics help against grey hair? I don't know. Well... I'm finding, and this is probably an individual response. We are all, all different. Yeah. I am finding that I calisthenics maybe because I don't have any grey hair. So my response might be it, it does. You, yeah, you. Um, but then if you reflected to me, would you or would you not agree that since you've known me, um, so we didn't really know each other before we did calisthenics in the last five years, has my hair or has it not become more grey over the last five years? I think your hair is just tired from such poor haircuts. <laughs> and it's just like, do you know what? I can't do this anymore. Give me it like mine. I've kept this, I've been consistent with my hair since probably about age 17, I would say, <laughs> after I got rid of my blonde curtains. Yeah. And it's just like, do you know what? It knows every morning I know what's happening. Despite the amount of products I've put on it, yours is like crikey, I'm just knackered. I can't, I can't keep up, Dave. I'm trying to think of a boy band with um, back from the 90s that i Curtains. What was some of the what was some of the classic curtains? Um, Backstreet Boys had good curtains. Uh, okay. Yeah. You're going to give Philip Schofield a run for his money soon. He's the ultimate silver fox. He looks great with silver hair. Yeah. It's. Uh, I, uh, um, <laughs> I was going to try and answer that question. That might, but it might, it might, maybe, maybe it's stressful. I don't know, but it's difficult because there's an outside factor of the fact that I'm getting old, and. I'm going to get grey hair. My dad is a mega silver fox, um, but he has a luscious mane of silver. He, yeah. He's not receded one millimetre, yeah, so you've, this you've, ain't going anywhere. Yeah, yeah, you've kept, so you've got the quantity still. It's just the quality of the of the original black, brown. <laughs> um, what was it? What was it? When it, it was used blonde, to be? It was blonder than yours when I was a baby, when I was a kid. 
Maybe a little. Anyway. Um, Good to finish on a real solid question. Yeah. I think after all the information that we've given out today, no one listens to the end, so you can get away with that at the end. (laughs) Right. Note to self, put that in first next time. Well, that is all we're going to do. We, we, we've reached the end of this podcast and our Q and A. I hope you're still got, listening. Yeah, well, I think there's like we've we've kind of. I feel reflecting. There's some philosophy around why we think that yeah, bouldering like is is good and the application of of, of strength and, and movement. Some nuts and bolts of getting stronger. And if anybody's like listened to that and gets a bit confused, I know kind of throughout fair was a whistle stop tour of some of the exercise science and philosophy mm. behind improving that. Drop us a question or, or an email on, on or, or DM us on, on Instagram or whatever. And if you're part of the virtual classroom, you can drop us a message in the community and we'll get back to you. I'm happy yeah. to kind of explore those a little bit more. Um and then yeah, some, yeah some, and if some, you have if you have any other questions that you want to ask us for if it's a once you you know a, we try to pick up, we've done a bit of a blend there to actually have like shorter questions, um, but generally we do longer answers on the podcast. But um, yeah, we're always available on social media um, or email. You can email us directly. Tim is tim at scorecalisthenics.com. I'm david at scorecalisthenics.com. Um, but yeah, send any questions because um, we love the, one of the things we love about the podcast is being able to have that interaction and being able to go into a bit more uh, detail for some of those um and yeah, it's what it's the, what makes the. It's only a. There's no Q and A. There's no Qs. It's just an A. Yeah, and the, and the one thing to note, Jacko touched about the algorithm at the Ooh. beginning of the podcast. Just to clarify what the what the SOC algorithm. I mean, Instagram algorithm and the YouTube algorithm. They're very secretive. This one is less <laughs> so, in that basically, if you pay us a compliment. You're and more likely to, more likely to get on. Unless if there a, hasn't been many questions and then we just have to... <laughs> if it's a compliment along the lines of how good you in, you think the content is and how valuable it is to your training and it's followed up with a good question, that's, definitely that's how the algorithm works. Um, so I think... On that note, I'm just laughing at the fact that it's explained that we want people to say something nice to us first before asking us. If you just want to ask you a question, that's also okay. I would. I don't think it's fair to, because someone might be like, "Well, I'm not gonna." I think you're still rubbish. Yeah, <laughs> but I've got a question. But I've got a good question. To. Yeah, maybe see that the next. We'll we'll. <laughs> we'll <laughs> just a test to see whether anyone's listened to the end of the podcast. That if you say. That was rubbish. Answer my good question. We'll answer it. You see, even our algorithm is constantly changing. It is it's never static. To keep people on their toes. Yeah. Although it does generally revolve around words of affirmation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let's wrap this up, Jacko. Yes. That is the end of podcast number 75. Six. Plus one, 76. Well done, Tim. Until Movement next- and strength. Until next time. Class dismissed. <laughs>